Hey guys, and welcome to the podcast channel for Impact Student Ministries, which is based out of Eubank Baptist Church in Eubank, Kentucky. We are all about discovering who Jesus is, discovering His purpose for us, and inviting others to do the same. We would love for you to join us on Wednesday nights at 6 p.m. This podcast is a place where you can catch up on past conversations from our Wednesday night worship experiences. To stay connected, you can follow us on Instagram at EubankBCYouth, all one word, and on Facebook at Impact Student Ministries-EubankBC. Thank you for being part of the conversation, and let's keep discovering who Jesus is together. Amen. You guys can have a seat. Hey, one more time, give it up for our college leaders leading us in worship. And two, can we make some noise for our adult volunteers who are here every single week, loving on you guys, doing things? Can you get up for them too? Oh, come on, y'all. Can you do better than that. Come on, get up for them. Come on, do better than that. I mean, it's not much better, but I guess we'll take it. Um, man, I don't know about you, but I am so glad to finally be in 2024. Is anybody else with me on that one? Yeah, a couple of you guys? Well, listen, uh, you know, in, in, in 2023, we saw God do some incredible things in this church, in the student ministry. Uh, we saw God just continue to prove his faithfulness to us, because here's the reality. A lot of us, uh, myself included, we have uh, more times of unfaithfulness than faithfulness. And, and despite that, God still shows up every single time. And what we believe, and in fact, we, we uh, prayed this over there, that the same way God would move, that God moved in 2023, that he'd do the same thing in 2024 and more. Uh, we, we just believe that God's going to do even more in 2024, so we are excited for it. Uh, before we go any further, I want to invite our Bible crew for the night to uh, take a few moments, go grab some Bibles, pass them out. Uh, give me like one or two more people to help them out tonight, just one or two more people. Logan, thank you. Awesome. Th- thank you, Sammy. Um, and as they are uh, passing out the Bibles, let me tell you two things that are really important for you to understand um, when it comes to who we are um, as a student ministry. The first thing is just that one, we, we are so excited that you guys are here tonight. Uh, whether you are joining us in person or you're joining us uh, through the Instagram live, listen, we are so glad uh, that you are here and we consider your presence um, as a gift because we know that time is valuable. We know that uh, most of y'all are probably tired from going back to school after being gone for a week. And so the fact that you are here tonight is so incredible and we, and we want to honor that. Uh, but here's the second thing. Nothing that I say is important, but everything that God says and has said is so important. We believe that, that who we are as a, as a student ministry, it all hangs on not what I say, not what I can do, but it all hangs on who God is, what he has done, and what he will continue to do. Uh, so the, the reason that we pass out these Bibles every week is we want um, anyone, whether they're a student, uh, they're a college kid, they're an adult, uh, that, that anyone who steps foot into the space, that they would, uh, would have God's word in front of them, that they, that, that they would, ex- would experience God's presence, God's voice firsthand. So uh, one, we're excited that you're here. Two, nothing I say is important, but everything that God says is so important. And we want you all to catch that. We want you all to fall in love with Jesus and nobody else. We want you to fall in love uh, with the Savior who died for you, uh, who, who went to an incredible length to save you. We want you to fall in love with Him and nothing else. And now, now, now that we have begun uh, the first experience of worship for 2024 in the best way we have prayed, 
and we have worshipped. Now let me set the direction uh, for our conversation tonight, the first conversation of 2024. If you've been keeping up with our social media, you know that we, uh, that we are launching a, a, a brand new series uh, for us um, in this beginning of the year. And if you haven't kept up, you don't know what's going on, now you know, okay? So maybe this is your first time with us or you're not a social media person, hey, that's okay. Now you know what we're doing. So we're going to spend just the next several weeks, um, really, this is going to take us all the way, I think, to April, because we're going to take our time walking through Nehemiah, because there's just some really good stuff in the book of Nehemiah. I don't know about you, but sometimes I look at Old Testament books, and I'm like, ah, that's Old Testament, right? It's, it's called old in the name, right? So there's, there's no way there's something there for me, but here, here's the reality. Every word from the beginning of Genesis to the last word in Revelation, God has something in there. So we want to take our time going through uh, the book of Nehemiah, and just let me uh, just let me brag on God for a minute, okay? Because honestly, he, he he's the best person I can brag on. But when I was being led to this book, because I've I've been thinking through this uh, for the past several weeks of okay, after the first of the year, what's what's next? After this series, what's next? What, what's what's the direction for us? And I kept coming back to the book of Nehemiah, and I kept asking, you know, why God? Like, why Nehemiah? Why have all books in the Bible? Why, why Nehemiah? And what I didn't know was that God was actually leading me to the bigger picture for us this year as, as a student ministry. He, he, he was leading me to what, to what I believe we're going to see and what we're going to experience this year. And the, the, the word that God placed um, into my heart for 2024 is this, intentionality. That was the word that God uh, placed on my heart. He said, hey, this is, this is the goal. This is the focus. And so this, this, this word intentionality, what I didn't know was that God was leading me to the bigger picture here. Because what I believe is that in 2024, we're going to have more intentional conversations. We're going to have more intentional moments together. In fact, if you went to Extreme Winter, you know that before we even left here on Friday, we asked you, what's one thing you want to see from this weekend? What's one way you want to hear from God this week? So we even began our first event of the, of, of, of the new year being intentional with our time. So I just believe that God's going to give us more opportunities to be intentional this year. And so how does that relate to the book of Nehemiah? How, how, how does that all come together? Well, the book of Nehemiah is about one man who was intentional in leading a group of people to be intentional in their work to rebuild a wall. So it started with one man being intentional with his actions, with his words, with his direction, and he led other people to be intentional about building this wall that once was there and was no longer there anymore. So the book of Nehemiah, in my opinion, is a book of a man being intentional, is a, is a group of people being intentional. So over the next uh, several weeks, we're going to see the significance of this particular wall that was built in the book of Nehemiah. But tonight, however... I want to establish what the wall was not, okay? Because I don't know about you, but sometimes uh, when I see a wall, it can be easy to see the wall as something that is meant to keep me in and someone else out. I, I, I can see a wall and, and think, well, this is meant to keep me from something, right? Uh, if we see a wall, we think, well, what's it protecting? What's it keeping me from? 
And so it's, it's really easy to, to see a wall as that. And listen, if you're an introvert, you love that, right? You're like, yes, bring on the walls. No people, no conversations. Let's go, right? Unfortunately, that's not what the purpose was behind this wall. And what we're going to see tonight through different portions of Scripture is that the wall built in Nehemiah was built to restore, strengthen, and distinguish the people. That if you go and you look through the book and you read through it, you'll see that it was meant to be rebuilt to restore, strengthen, and distinguish. And these purposes of the wall in Nehemiah are just as true for us in 2024. Because the big problem back then was that they, that God's people looked so similar to the culture that they started to blend in. They started to blend in. If we look closely, that's happening so often today. That the church, that Christians are looking so similar to the world that they start to blend in. And that's, that's not God's intention for us. That's not God's purpose for us. And so this wall that we're going to look at, that we're going to spend time with, it, it, it was meant to restore them to where they were supposed to be. It was meant to strengthen them in their walk and then meant to distinguish them, to be truly set apart. Because when God calls you, he calls you and he sets you apart from everything and everyone else around you. So that's, that's our, our direction for tonight, kind of a, a precursor to, to this series, if you will. But uh, let's, let's begin unpacking the first consideration for tonight's conversation. So number one is this. The wall was meant to restore, not take away. The wall was meant to restore, not take away. So as I said a moment ago, we're going to be in a couple different places tonight in Scripture um, and, we're gonna, and so we're, we're going to start in the book of Psalms. So if you have a Bible, which hopefully you do because you just got one, hopefully you didn't lose it yet. If you did, we have more in the back. Uh, but in your Bible, start making your way to the book of Psalms. We're going to be in Psalm chapter 51. We're going to start here, Psalm chapter 51, and we're going to focus in on verses 10 and 12. Now listen, if you are using one of our Bibles here, uh, it's on page 566. So if you're using one of our Bibles here, uh, it's on page 566. If you have your own Bible, that's great. Don't know your page number, so you got to find it yourself, okay? Um, but we're going to be in Psalms chapter 51, and we're going to look at verses 10, 11, and 12 for a moment together. So check out what it says, Psalms chapter 51 on page 566, verses 10, 11, and 12. It says, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. What a, what a word for the beginning of 2024, right? God created me a pure heart. God created me a new spirit. So in this psalm, uh, it is uh, believed to, by, by people who are much more smarter than me that this was written after David. Now, David, remember, he was you know, the guy that slain the giant. He was the guy that uh, was called um, a man after, after God's own heart. You remember him, right? Yeah? Some nods? Okay. This, so that guy, right? Like the guy who had it all together, okay? This is written after he had a really, really, really big mess up. Like... The, it involves murder, okay? Like murder for hire kind of thing, okay? So he, he, he was this incredible dude, but he had this one big, ultimate, just killjoy of a hang-up. And in this moment, he is confronted by it. He 
has someone who, who trusts him, someone that he trusts, say, hey, listen, David, I know what you did, man. One point, like, God knows what you did. And he, like, he sent me to tell you, like, you messed up. And so this, this psalm is written in this moment after David is confronted. And in these three verses, man, there, there's a lot there that we could really just dig into. But just for the sake of our conversation tonight, I want us to focus in on two important ideas. The first one is this. David knew that he had become indifferent in his mindset, and he needed restoration. David knew that he had messed up pretty bad. Because if you know the story, he, did, he, he put a lot of effort into hiding what he did. Again, he, he, he hid behind someone else and said, hey, listen, put him right here where he'll die, okay, Just, but, but call it for war. So David, man, he knew that he had messed up. He knew that he was indifferent because you see early on, you see this, this David, this boy, who has so much confidence to go kill a massive giant, has this confidence to be the man that God calls him to be, and then one second later, he's over here doing some, some shady stuff. And he knew that he needed someone to step in and restore him. David knew that the only person that could truly give him complete and full restoration was God. So let me ask you a question that might make this a little bit more personal for us. What is your mindset when it comes to how the Bible says things should be? What's your mindset like when you read or about how things should be and maybe you see something different? When you see something that, that God's Word considers a sin or you put something or someone in the place of God... What's your response to that? Does it like make you uncomfortable? Does it stir you? Or do you pull the old-fashioned, eh, it happens. I can't help it. I'm human. Okay, those are all excuses, okay? God knows that, so he just sees right past that. Nehemiah, he was stirred. Because as we'll see next week as we start to dive into the first chapter, Nehemiah was stirred when he heard how things were. There was a speaker this past weekend, and I love what he said. If you're there, you know what I'm talking about. He said uh, that the enemy Satan has rebranded sin to make us feel better about our lives and the way that we want to live them. He said that Satan has rebranded sin. All of a sudden, no more is it sin. No more is it this really bad thing. All of a sudden, now it's just a bad habit. I, I just can't help it, Aaron. It's just a bad habit, I know. It's like bite my nails. I know I can't help it, right? It's just a bad habit. I can't get over it. I've tried, and I can't, I can't get over it. He, said it. he said now they're called bad or unhealthy habits, right? And so the enemy has convinced us that sin is no longer a threat. Sin is no longer important to talk about or call out, but that's, that's not what the Bible says. This is heard so often in the student culture today. So can I, can I say something that, that we all need to understand and, and, and just agree on, myself included? We, as Jesus followers, need to recognize sin as sin and call out sin as sin. 
We need to be willing to stand up and say, listen, this, this ain't right. I know that you're all doing this. I know that I'll look weird. I'll, I'll, I'll look like that one church kid. But listen, this is, this is not okay. So we need to, as Jesus followers, to call sin what it is and call it sin. So that's the first thing. So David knew that he was really, really, really messed up. Here's the second thing that we need to realize here from these, from these verses. We believe a lie when we think that sin changes God's grace and promise of the Holy Spirit. So whenever you think and believe that God's done with you, that is a lie straight from the pits of hell. That is a lie straight from the enemy. And the enemy has gotten really good about crafting that lie. So many people, students, college leaders, adults alike, have moments where they believe that they have done too much, said too much, or made too many mistakes. Has anyone else been there before? I've been there before. I felt like, man, I've, I've done too much. I've, I've, I've met my quota of mistakes available. I've, I've, I've lost my get-out-of-jail-free my, my get card. So so many people think that they don't say it. They don't recognize it, they hide it, they try to run from it, but we all feel like that. We, we believe that we don't deserve God's grace at, or his presence because we keep doing the same thing over and over and over again. We're doing the same thing over. We know it's terrible, we know it's bad, we know that we shouldn't do it, we know that we shouldn't watch it, we shouldn't listen to it, we shouldn't, we shouldn't do it, but yet we continue to do it over and over and over again. So we feel like, man, God has got to be done at this point, Right? Because let's be honest, if we were God, we'd be done by now, right? I'd be done with myself like 20 years ago. But God is never done with us. So at best, we think that, that we believe that God can't use us. But at worst, we believe that God doesn't want us. Listen to one of the most encouraging series of verses for anyone that finds them in this place of, well, I've just, I've, I've done too much. I've said too much. God's done with me. God can't use me. God just doesn't want me. Listen to this. Romans chapter 8, verses 38 and 39. For I'm convinced, this is Paul's talking about, I'm convinced. And again, Paul's like the chief sinners, right? Paul like killed people for a living, but then God changed him. So if anyone had, so if anyone could say, hey, God doesn't want me, Definitely Paul, okay? So Paul says, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor death, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So listen, when God says that nothing can separate us from the love of God, he means absolutely nothing can separate us from the love of God. So no matter, so no matter what, what we think, say, believe, feel, or hear, nothing will ever separate you from God once you choose God. Can I say something else that maybe someone needs to hear tonight? I love this. Don't let sin use power that it doesn't have. I think someone needs to hear that again. Don't, don't let sin... Use power it does not have. Listen, when sin encountered Jesus on the cross, it lost. When sin encountered Jesus, when, when sin encountered Jesus on the cross, it lost its power, it lost its thing, it lost any kind of influence it could ever have on anyone. In fact, that's what we see in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 55 
57, where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So listen, sin has no power over you. If you are saved, if you know Jesus personally, if you have that relationship, listen, sin has no power to flex over, over you. And when sin tries to flex that power that doesn't have, listen, say, hey, listen, sin, Jesus won. So many Christians, even in church, are living like sin has the ultimate powers. Listen, sin does not have power. Sin can't do anything. It can tell you that you messed up too many. It can tell you that you're a bad person. It can tell you that, that you've done too much, said too much. Listen, but that, does, that, has, that holds no weight because Jesus changed that. So don't let sin use power that it does not have on you. We don't have to let sin flex on us because it has no power to flex. It's like that awkward guy in the gym, right, trying to flex, like no muscles, right? Like, y'all know what I'm talking about, right? He's other mirror's like, yeah, look at this, yeah, yeah. And it's like, where you, where, where's your muscles at? Like, that is, that is sin. Sin in the gym is trying to flex, but he can't even flex. He can't lift five pounds. But yet, we just look at sin like, oh, he just, I can't, I, I can't, I can't beat it. I, 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 listen, no, sin can't do anything to you if you know Jesus. So imagine how different 2024 would be if we stopped letting sin flex on us when it can't flex on us. As we walk through the book of Nehemiah, we're going to see that the wall was meant to restore the people of the was meant to restore the people to the place God wanted them to be. So here's the second consideration. Number two tonight is this: the wall was meant to strengthen not weaken. The wall was meant to strengthen, not weaken. All right, so now make your way to the book of Isaiah. The book of Isaiah. We're going to go look at chapter 40, and we're going to look in on to verses 28, or no, 29, 30, and 31. So if you're using one of our Bibles here, that's on page 720. And again, if you're using your own Bible, I can tell you where it's at, because I don't know how, I have your Bible, all right? So, Isaiah chapter 40, on our Bible's page 720, and we're going to look in on verses 29 through 31. Isaiah chapter 40, verses 29, 30, and 31, it says this, He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even, I love this, <laughs> this is awesome, even youths, Grow tired and weary. Amen. So y'all will get old someday, okay? You'll get tired and weary, just like people upstairs, okay? <laughs> there, yeah, there you go. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be so let me, let me just speak on the context of this chapter for a moment. Chapters 40 through 48 of Isaiah is an attempt to remind the people that God was about to demonstrate an incredible deliverance from the captivity that they were under. And here's something really cool. God still demonstrates incredible moments of deliverance today. So these moments that we just 
fall in love with in the Bible, these moments that we just go back to again and again because they're just so good. We love them. We love the happy endings. Those same things God can still do today. In verses 29 through 31, we see Isaiah writing, or he, he, he is highlighting God's strength. Now, here's what I know about people in general in 2024. There are people today who are in spiritual captivity. People who do, who, do, who do not have a relationship with Jesus, they don't have freedom because they're continually chasing the world, continually trying to catch up and trying to be enough, do enough, look enough, accomplish enough. So people without Jesus don't know what freedom is. They're just a slave to the world. They're, they're a slave to the next trend, the, 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 the next fashion, the next whatever. So there's people in spiritual captivity. There's people today who, who are in captivity by their past failures or mistakes, and maybe even your current ones. There's people, and maybe you're one of them, there's people out there who feel like no matter what they do, they can't escape from the chains that connect them to their current or past failures or mistakes. And listen, we've gotten really good about hiding our stuff. Because we can do filters and edits, and we can change a lot of things. But if we were, honest, if we were to be honest, I think all of us would say, you know, there's that one thing that no one knows about. There's that one thing that, you know, some people know about, but others don't. Like, there's that one thing that, if man, if, if, if that got out, it would change how people see me. It would change the influence that I have. It, it would change things radically for me. They believe the lie that, that they will never become the person that they want to be or can be. Some of you are believing that you'll be about, you'll make it this far. But God says, listen, nah, I have plans for you to make it this far. Some of you are thinking, I want to make it from about here till right here. God say, no, 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 listen, my plans, if, if you let me, if you trust me, are to get you from here all the way, all the way, all the way. Yep, he ain't done yet. <laughs> he, said, I, he said, my plans are for you to get right here. Now, there's a difference between right here and up there, right? So God says, listen, you have your plans, but listen, I have better plans for you. I have better intentions for you. There's people that are in relational captivity. They, they chase relationship after relationship because they just can't find the perfect one or are never satisfied with the one they're in. Others are stuck because they feel, they believe, that they'll never find anyone better or greater who will love them more or love them better, so they're stuck. They can't get out. They want to get out, but they can't. So there's a lot of people in captivity today. Just this encouragement that Isaiah is giving to his readers then is the same encouragement for us now. Isaiah is telling us that the strength Jesus offers us has the ability to empower and sustain the weak. The first step in receiving that strength that Jesus offers is by expressing hope in Jesus. 
See, the, the strength that you and I need to make it through this life doesn't come by looking inside of ourselves. The strength that you and I need to make it through this life comes by looking up to God. He's greater than us. He can do a lot more than we can. But also looking to the cross where Jesus radically changed things. It didn't just change things then. It didn't just change things until the year 2020. No, it changed things for eternity. It changed things from now until the end. So for a moment, let me just connect this to where we're going to be as we walk through the book of Nehemiah. The people that Nehemiah went, went to had become so similar to the culture around them that they began to blend into the culture around them. And, and here's the thing. The people that God went to were God's people, and they weren't meant to blend into the culture around them. They weren't meant to look like everyone else. You, if you're a Christian, you are not meant to look like everyone else out there. If you're a Christian, if you have put your faith in Jesus, you are meant to look different. You're meant to sound different. You're meant to believe different. You're meant to look at things differently. You're meant to be just completely different from the inside out. It, listen, it, it takes a lot of strength to go against the world and its culture. It takes the strength that Jesus offers to fight against the temptation to blend in and become like the world and its culture. Listen, I get it. It, it, it takes a lot of guts to stand up and be different, especially for you guys. Back then, yeah, it was hard. It was difficult. But man, like, I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to go back to being in high school. Like, y'all have fun with that. <laughs> so I know how much more difficult it is now to stand for Jesus than it was even 10 years ago. That's how, how, how different things are. So we're going to see that this wall was meant to strengthen the people to not blend in into the culture around them. So here's the third and final takeaway for the night. Third and final takeaway is this. The wall was meant to distinguish, not separate. The wall was meant to distinguish, not separate. I'm going to look at John chapter 17 for a moment. You can join me if you want to, but John chapter 17 is the last place. It's going to be on your note sheet if you want to look at that. But John chapter 17, verses 13 through 19 say this, I'm coming to you now, but I say these things while I'm still in the world so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. I've given them your word and the word has, has, and the world has hated them for they are not of the world any more than I'm of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them, I sanctify myself that, that they too may be truly sanctified. Now, now that is Jesus talking. And again, we could spend several minutes on this. There's so much here. But just let me just highlight two ideas that I want us to understand, that I want us to see tonight. The first one is this. God's people are not meant to be part of this world. I cannot stress that enough. We are not meant, if you are a Christian, you are not meant to be a part of this world. Church is not supposed to be like culture. We're not meant to look like them. We're meant to look different than them. We're meant to be different, to sound different. And there's some people, and maybe you're in this room, there are some people who are deathly terrified of being different. 
You are terrified to, to go against the crowd. You're terrified to be different. But listen, when you said yes to Jesus, you said yes to being different. When you said yes to his grace and his mercy, you said yes to being different. If someone wants to be all in for Jesus in every possible way, they, they have to accept the truth that they won't be a part of the world and its culture anymore. And despite what they might think or be told, they, can, they can't have one foot in Camp Jesus and the other foot in Camp Culture. does not work like that. You can't be here Monday or on Wednesdays and Sundays and during small groups, but then on Tuesdays and Thursdays and Fridays and definitely on Saturdays. I'm, I'm all Camp Culture for that, man. I'm all, I'm all for the world. Then listen, you cannot be like that. In fact, the Bible says that uh, God is not a fan of lukewarm Christians. In fact, in, in Revelation, it says that he will spit them out of his mouth. God will spit out lukewarm Christians. That should scare you. That God who loves everyone, God who created everyone, will not even, will not even deal with lukewarm people. So we can't have one foot over here and then another foot over here and then, oh yeah, I'm a Christian today, but uh, last night, not so much. Right? No, we can't, we, we can't do that. Because listen, the gospel is naturally offensive to the world and its culture. That's why in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 11 and 12, it says this, Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from the sinful desires which wage, which wage war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. This tells us that, listen, you are meant to be a stranger in a crowd. You are meant to look different in a crowd. You're meant to be that one guy. Listen, when uh, I, I'm, I'm telling on myself on this one, I know some of y'all would if I don't. But uh, listen, we we didn't we did an escape room <laughs> this past weekend. Listen, I want to say I love my students because they told me, Aaron, do this with us. It's an escape room. I said, okay, great. This lady said, listen, this is just like Scooby Doo. That lady lied, okay, because it was not like Scooby-Doo, okay? And I will admit, with all the confidence in the world, I was the first one out that room because I heard this creepy little noise, the, help me find my dolly, right? Creepy, right? I heard that. I'm out the door. They're still in there trying to figure out the clues. They're screaming. I'm, I'm, out, I'm outside with, with the people, okay? I, yeah, I, I was safe, and then somehow they brought me back into the room for whatever reason, Listen, so I was not ashamed to be that one guy. <laughs> Heard a noise, oh, button doors open, bye. <laughs> like, I ran so, like, that's Austin, I ran so quickly. It was, it was incredible. I should be on a track team. <laughs> it was awesome. So I was not scared to be that one guy. And some of you are scared to be that one guy about Jesus. You were great about being that one guy for a sports team or being that one guy for a club or that one guy for a school or that one guy for an accomplishment, whatever, but some of us are scared to be that one guy for Jesus. And what we just saw is that we are meant to be that one guy for Jesus. We are meant to be that foreigner, to be that stranger, to be that one guy, that one girl. That's why we should not be surprised when they act differently, that when we act differently, we talk differently, we think differently and believe differently than the people around us. But there's one more part, and don't miss this. God's people are meant to be in the world. 
Going back to John 17, verse 15. My prayer, this is Jesus saying, my prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. So Jesus, in this moment of prayer, his, his ask to God was not to take them away, not to rapture them up, not to send them off, but to keep them into the world and then protect them while they were in there. So, so why would Jesus pray to God, hey, God, keep them in there. God, keep them in the world. Why, why would Jesus pray that? Well, Matthew chapter 5, I love this. Matthew, Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 15, or 14 through 16. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a, under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. You want to know why Jesus said, hey, God, keep them in the world? Because God wanted to send them out to bring people back to Jesus. In other words, if we say it like this, you and I are in this world to personally know who Jesus is and publicly proclaim who Jesus is. The reason that you woke up this morning, the reason why you're here, the reason why you have every day that you have is for you to know who Jesus is personally, but it doesn't stop there. But then you go and you proclaim who Jesus is publicly. That's why we exist Listen, the world can be difficult sometimes. Can, it, can, can, can you raise your hand if you believe in that, that the world can be difficult sometimes? Yeah. The world can be challenging. The world can be tough. At best, we have experiences that, at best, they, they leave us exhausted, we're tired, but at worst, they just completely tear us down. We have moments where we wonder if following Jesus or having a relationship with him is worth it. We, we see how different we are and, and how different things are for others, and we just wonder, what if we changed? Just what if this one time, just, just, just this one decision, I just, I, just, I just chose myself instead of, like, what if I chose me instead of them choosing Jesus? What, what if I chose me and what I want, and what I want to experience? What, what if I do me and look out for me only? In these moments, we need to be restored, strengthened, and reminded that we have been distinguished and set apart. Listen, maybe you're here tonight, and you desperately need to be restored and strengthened. 2023 was terrible for you. You couldn't, you were, you're done, you're, you're glad to be over it, and it was just a tough year for you, and maybe you're here not, and you're like, listen, I'm, I'm ready for a reset. I'm ready for God just to do something new, do something different than he did last year. Maybe you're here, and that's what you, you were looking for, that restoration and that strength. You're, you're here, and if you're to be honest, you have nothing left to give. You, you, you have all the energy, it's gone. You're, you, you're like, I, I made it here today. That's the best I can do. I, I got up and made it here. Maybe you need to be reminded tonight that you're doing things the right way if you are seen differently because of your walk with Jesus. Listen, if that's you, we're going to sing one more song. I know we're going past, but I, I, just, I just don't care, honestly. In a moment, we're, we're, we're going to sing one more song. It's going to be your time to respond. Listen, this time is for you. It's not for me. It's not for them. It's not for your friends. It's for you. Because here's why I believe that before you got here, God started talking to all of us. God started having conversations with all of us. 
So this time is going to be for you just to respond to that. Maybe for you it's, it's coming to this altar and praying. Maybe for you it's grabbing a friend. Maybe for you it's grabbing me or an adult leader and saying, listen, can you pray for me? Can you just walk? Can you just sit in this with me for a minute? Maybe you're here and none of this makes sense to you. Maybe you're like, well, what is he, ta- like, what, what, what's he talking about? <laughs> Maybe you're here and you've never placed your faith in Jesus. Listen, it happens. Don't, don't believe that just because you're here at church, that means everyone's saved. That does not mean anything, okay? We were, we were at Extreme this past week, and there were thousands of kids, and we still saw kids come to Jesus. You know why? Because not everyone who goes to a Christian concert is a Christian. So maybe you've been, you've been playing church for a couple of years. You've been checking things out. You've been looking the part, saying the part, being the part, but you've never had that moment where you say, all right, God, I am nothing, and you are my everything. Maybe you're here, and, and you have to start that walk tonight. Listen, if that's you, don't worry about anything else. Don't worry about the time. Don't worry about the noise. Don't worry about anything else. Just worry about, do you have things right with Jesus? Starting that relationship with Jesus starts by accepting and responding to God's gospel. Here's what it says. The belief in who I am. I am someone that is separated from God because of my sin and failed attempts to completely follow God's word. I'm someone that desperately needs a savior because there is nothing that I can do to save myself. Don't miss that. No matter how strong you are, smart you are, good looking you are, whatever, no matter what you are, there is nothing you can do to save yourself. That's biblical. That, that is true. But here's the good news. Here, here's what the gospel says about who Jesus is. He is the living son of God who came to this planet and lived a perfect life from the beginning to the end. He died on a cross in my place and walked out of the grave three days later. I believe that Jesus is the Savior that I desperately need. Listen, the gospel says that you are not enough. It says that Jesus is enough. It says that you can't be enough. It says that Jesus did enough for you. So I'm going to invite the college students to come back one more time. They're going to lead us in a song. And this time's for you. I'll be over here on the side. If you want to talk with someone, pray with someone, listen, come talk to me. Come find an adult. Find a friend. Find someone. Don't leave tonight. Don't, don't leave this space the exact way you came in. Because that's not God's heart for you. God's heart for you is to be changed, not by me, not by these guys, but to be changed by Jesus and his word. Let's pray. Father, we love you and we thank you. And I pray right now, God, that as we sing this last song, God, that there would just be a move in our hearts. Maybe for some, there has has to be a move in their legs. Maybe they need to get up and find someone to talk and pray and get things right. God, let this be a time that you just move and that you work. And God, let us be responsive to you. Let us be confident and just respond to you with obedience. God, I pray if there is one person in this room right now who does not know you, they've never placed their faith in you, that God right now would be their moment of salvation, their new start, their new story, God. God, you move and we will listen and we will respond as we can. We ask all this in your name. Amen. I want to invite you guys to stand up.